the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. I'm White. He's Skyler. Here hanging out by ourselves today. No guest. We're just going to do a quick little episode for everybody between me and Skyler. Skyler, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a little while since I've been able to record. Been in the middle of uh, some travels and some moving, but feels good to sit down and get to talk to you. Yeah, you've been kind of living in the Stone Age. No internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, what a world to, to no longer have internet, how it changes your life these days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Why don't we just move into our first player? We're going to talk about Michael Pittman, who's actually currently the wide receiver 13 and half PPR scoring, which I honestly didn't see coming, even for you know an eight-week sample size like this. I didn't think I could see that. You know, Michael Pittman's starting to rise up the ranks for me pretty rapidly. I was always afraid of the situation, not necessarily the player. I liked Michael Pittman. We actually talked about him in the offseason. I liked Michael Pittman, didn't love the situation, was worried that Carson Wentz couldn't support a wide receiver to a, you know, borderline one wide receiver one finish. But, you know, Wentz is really just kind of forcing the ball to Pittman, and Pittman's making some big plays. Um, where are you at with Pittman right now? I mean, we're seeing with Pittman right now, what people were excited about when he came into the league, right? With with the Colts just featuring him, kind of getting the ball, drawing up plays for him. Um, and it's it's kind of changed where we stand on him. So we, in the offseason, kind of had him sitting around our wide receiver 40, give or take, and we found it nearly impossible to move him, you know, up from there because the, the situation, the injury, uh, you know, how much we weren't really seeing from him early on. And... Um, I mean, I'm currently sitting where that's that's changed my perspective completely. I think where he is at right yeah. now is I think it's a little it's the truth. Like I think that he is a wide receiver too for fantasy move, moving forward. So uh, I haven't updated after the last couple weeks with Pittman, but he's he he's got to be pretty close, you know, around that top 24 mark in, in your rankings because he's young. He's shown he can do it. He I mean he was a high High draft capital guy, uh, you know, so I I have a lot more confidence in Pittman now that we've seen it. Early in the season, the peripherals were all there. He just wasn't getting touchdowns. And then the last couple of weeks, he just keeps scoring. So it's kind of like takes yeah. both sides of what you want to see. You want to see all those exterior numbers that say, hey, he should be putting up a bunch of points. And you actually want to see him putting up the points. So confidence is there for Pittman now. Yeah, I've been really impressed with a lot of the plays. He's making some uh, big boy plays. He's even bailed out Carson Wentz on a few throws where Carson Wentz has kind of sailed it. Uh, and Wentz there, and, uh, you know, Pittman's just went up and went up and got it. Um, I've got him moved up to wide receiver 26, but even looking at it now, I could see some people I could see making the move to, you know, put him ahead of. There's still some names i'm still like waiting on something you know try to really make a decision like i still have michael thomas ahead of michael Pittman, and that i could see that being one that could change uh you know if we don't see michael thomas for another couple weeks still uh if he comes back and it's not looking so great you know he could easily continue to move up for me yeah um i think you know saying that he should probably be a wide receiver two going forward and having him at like wide receiver 26 in ranking says that there's still he's still acquirable to me um i think that's an interesting thing 
with Michael Pittman is like earlier in the season, yeah. there were still people who were hesitant. And like, if you targeted him a month ago, you know, you would have gotten him significantly cheaper. And even now, I think, I think you see another week or two of this and he's going to probably enter that territory where anyone who had him and, you know, holds, held on to him this long, uh, they're, they're just going to keep him for, for the long run. So if you are trying to acquire Michael Pittman, um, you know, I think now is probably towards the end of that opportunity. Uh, and he's probably best acquirable yeah. as like a, not the main focus of a trade. Because I think if you make it very obvious that you're going after the, yeah. Michael Pittman and the owner's like, yeah, well, I mean, I see his box scores too. You know, like yeah. pay, <laughs> pay up for me. But I think there's still a lot of people who might not value him the same as a first, but like wouldn't sell him for a second. And with players like that, that's where you just try to like sneak that middle value into a trade. Maybe he makes up the difference yeah. of a different piece that you're trying to acquire. I like that that idea to, as a way to try to acquire him if you're if you're looking to do so. Um, moving on to our next player, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who he himself, you know, is I think outperforming way past where we initially thought for this year. Uh, he's averaging 13.3 half PPR points per game right now, which is 19th in the NFL for running backs. Only real issue for him is he doesn't contribute as a wide receiver or as a receiver. So, you know, his ceiling is capped a little bit, but we've seen how valuable that starting running back can be from San Francisco. And he's really making the most of it right now when he's playing. And he's been a guy who's another one just, he just keeps coming up my ranks for me. And every time I look at my rankings, I think like I might be able to move a little bit more. He's at running back 25 for me right now um where are you at with with mitchell yeah so with with mitchell i think you should be operating that he is an even better asset than raheem moser was because he's giving the same type of production but obviously he's not sitting at that huge age cliff that people were concerned with and um not this past off season but a year ago people were still drafting moser at 28 you know 20 whatever what, where, wherever he was as uh you know, rounds like six to eight in startup drafts. And that's probably where you would see, uh, it's probably where you would see him go at this point. Um, yeah, I have Mitchell right around RB30 right now, it seems, but it, it it's trending up. I mean, he's, you know, stand your standard leagues, he's RB22, and that's with missing like three weeks, you know, he's still, he's still an RB3 in your PPR leagues with missing three weeks. So yeah. I, I think for the rest of the season, um, I think he could be an RB2 for you the rest of the season. And what's that worth? Uh, earlier, we, we, we had talked about him being, if you could get a second or third form after the week one breakout to do it, um, where now, I mean, I think he's worth more than a random second at this point. Yeah. Like if somebody if somebody was willing to make that move, I would. It's just a tough piece to acquire because if somebody is – not doing too well like the type of guy who wants to start picking up picks now uh they're probably not moving mitchell just because he's 23 year old running back who's just kind of getting his steam going and if you're uh so it's it is an interesting concept of who you are buying him from and like if you are uh, a competing team you have a running back here that's putting up you know 16 19 points in his last two games you're probably not selling him for just a measly second anyway you know he might be more valuable to you so he's he's a tough piece to acquire but i do like what i'm seeing so i think more for anyone who's like um 
doesn't know what to do or how to feel on Mitchell yet. I think he has shown that if he's given this opportunity, he's he's a worthwhile piece. Yeah, I guess my and outside of you know the fact that he's not really a receiver, or at least isn't being used as one uh, for San Francisco. It, I do have the, like the slight concern that he's uh, dealt with some injuries so far in this this season, and that uh, it's hard to have too much faith in any San Francisco running back because Kyle Shanahan and his mysterious ways can change that you know at any point. So I, I think if I'm an Elijah Mitchell manager, uh, he's not someone I'm necessarily like banking on if I have him. It, I, I'm, I'm entertaining offers if they're coming just because how you acquired him to begin with, you're going to be getting a decent return on your investment no matter what. Um, and because of the, like the slight concern with a little bit of injury, a little bit of the San Francisco offense that like, I just wouldn't mind getting out of the Mitchell business, but I like what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you saying that, um, what what are you, what are you selling Elijah Mitchell for? Like, what makes it worth your time? Because like, no one's giving you a first rounder for him. Like, what makes it worth yeah. your time? I'm. This might sound a little bit crazy, especially with how he's performing this year. But like, I'm looking at like going out and get Miles Sanders because I still believe like in the talent for Sanders. That if someone is really soured on Sanders, and I, you know, I've kind of soured on him myself, but I think that that's more because of the team, the situation. I still believe Miles Sanders is a very talented running back. Uh, like that's a trade that I could be looking to get to get done personally. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just interesting to me though, because I think if you offered Elijah Mitchell to the, like the Kenneth Gainwell owner, I'm not sure that gets accepted every time for that. So like, I just don't know it's like a, yeah. how, you know, how likely it is that you're going to move Mitchell for Sanders. And I'm probably not, overpaying or adding more to Mitchell to get Sanders like Sanders I yeah. also am still holding faith on but he's not a guy that I would like give away some of my assets or thin my potential maneuverability later to acquire him he's kind of a guy where if he is there on the cheap cheap like I will acquire Sanders where I can for now you know if you're talking like a second third or if somebody was would take Elijah Mitchell but uh I'm just not I don't know how confident I am that that gets done um what if you wanted to go and get like Elijah Moore, like a wide receiver? How would you feel about that? Would you rather have Elijah Moore than Elijah Mitchell? Mm, that one's pretty close for me. I do value the wide receivers just in general more in Dynasty. Elijah Moore, not quite there for me, I don't think. Um, I would like to have seen a little bit more out of him so far this year that that would be tough because I think I, I that's think... probably where you stand like Elijah Moore or Terrace Marshall like these guys who went in the early to mid of your uh rookie drafts this season where they haven't really performed yet and that's kind of where you could maybe get a manager who wants to get out on those assets a little earlier um you know I think that's that's probably where we sit on Elijah Mitchell who you can probably get because the other guys who draft in that area like a michael carter i don't think the michael carter owner is going to move michael carter for elijah mitchell or that's like very close it's almost like similar to the yeah. point where you're gonna say why am i doing this yeah what about Kadarius tony how do you feel about that one i think it's between those two i think it's the same question as elijah moore 
Um, I think it just depends who you ask, right? If it's people who yeah, kind of want to see... Yeah, and that's why I asked it, I, think I, have, if, I have Tony higher. I think if people want to see more production base in the rookie year from receivers, because a lot of times, you know, that's very important, even if it's goal misses, um, people are going to value Tony more. But I think if you had your film truthers who are just like, look, this Jets offense, this pass game's just not there. It's the same reason their people are still holding their breath for Denzel Mims. Like, they might still prefer Elijah Moore because they just loved what they saw of him coming out of college, right? So I think it's the same exact question. Um, for me, I am also losing a little bit on Elijah Moore just because I would have liked to have seen some. But his last two weeks have looked up a little more. He's been right around he's like... He's getting involved. He's been right around like 10 half-PR points. And I don't judge rookie wide receivers that heavily until usually around weeks seven, eight, nine. So I'm still... I probably have them like right next to each other at this point. Um I think I'd rather own Tony at this point, just because I know his market value is higher at this point. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but they're very, they're very yeah. similar. It probably, it probably depends a lot on how you felt about both of those players coming into you know, yeah. the draft. Too. I mean, if I need a, a running back too, like if I'm in a team that just lost, you know, a Derrick Henry or I'm sitting on two 26 year old backs and I just need that guy who could maybe sit in my flex or like insurance policy, I'm probably keeping Mitchell, but if Mitchell's sitting there is like a piece that's dying on my bench, I would I would move him for Tony or Elijah Moore. Okay. Why don't we move into our last player, who's gonna be Calvin Ridley? And before we talk anything fantasy, I just want to say a big round of applause to Calvin Ridley for being so courageous and brave and strong to be so public with his mental struggles and the fact that he is going to go get help uh mental health is no joke um it kind of helps explain maybe you know some of the struggles he's been having on the field it, it makes sense to me if he's if he's dealing with something like that it could obviously get in the way of his game and, it, and i'm proud of him and happy for him that he's going to get the help that he needs and he's stepping away and it's a very strong uh courageous thing to do with that said we are a fancy football show so what does this mean for fantasy football? Um, I lean towards if you're a Calvin Ridley manager, you're just holding on and seeing what happens. Maybe in your head you should be thinking, I don't have Calvin Ridley this year and plan accordingly. But I'm not trying to move Calvin Ridley at all. I think he's going to come back. Uh, we've seen how good he can be. Um, where are you at with, with Ridley? Yeah, well, first, um, you know, to anyone who is giving them crap for, you know, dipping in the middle of a year, or saying it's a bad teammate or something like that, is uh, it's relatively ignorant. Well, not relatively, yeah. it's completely ignorant. <laughs> it just is, <laughs> yeah. You know, that uh, a statement like that. So I don't want to think like that. If you just need any more bit of a perspective, you're you're a player in the fourth year who's playing for a big contract. Like he's, they will pick up his fifth year option, but he's playing for what would be a huge contract of wide receivers. Like he'd be, you know, one of the top five wide receivers probably paid. Um, and so to walk away when you know that your production means monetary value, uh, probably says a mm -hmm. lot about whatever's going on with Calvin Ridley. Um, right. So that being said, I, I don't know if I expect to see him play this year and it will certainly hurt your process if you plan on that at all. So you think of it just like a season ending injury and hope he comes back i think that knocks him down a tier or two in your rankings because he will be turning see 27 so 
Yeah, I believe that's right. So you're talking, you're talking, you know, he was a top five wide receiver in a lot of people's rankings, surely top 10, probably just pushes him back into that mid wide receiver two area uh, in terms of what you're planning for the future. But the second he comes back, you have that. Like you have, you have an asset value that's a, you know, borderline wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two market value type guy well, the second he comes back. And so right now it's just, absolutely not the time to move him i wouldn't be thinking about moving him there's there's nothing you're going to get that i think that makes it worth your time right and uh we were were talking before and you can elaborate more on your theory with this but um if you are a team that needs to win now and you you uh you're like i need to trade ridley because i need a piece for right now that doesn't make any sense to me because ridley really hasn't been a huge contributor to your team so far this year so if you are at the top of the standings you've probably been operating okay without him you know so put him in as like a dormant asset put him on your ir and just wait it out see you know you, you take that value when he comes back i don't think he's the type of piece i think it's a losing move to move ridley now and it also doesn't feel too great yeah, it's basically the thought is if you think that losing Calvin Ridley for this year prevents you from competing and that's why you need to make a move, then you weren't as close to competing as you thought you were. And that shouldn't be the impetus behind making a deal because of, you know, Ridley's yeah. uh, Ridley's absence. Uh, I will say, though, I think if you're a retooling team who doesn't have Ridley, maybe he's someone to target um to prepare for next year uh at least check in with the calvin the manager see what the price is i i think he could be a good target for for a team that doesn't look like they're gonna make it this year but might be able to make a quick turnaround for next year yeah i mean i I don't know if a manager is kind of panicked like oh crap i can't believe i just lost this this player you know i'm trying to think what types of guys you would move for for ridley i mean maybe it probably doesn't feel great but maybe do send out some offers you know what i'm saying for calvin ridley like if you can move rob you know robert woods types who's sitting at as much as people are disappointed robert woods he's back up to like wide receiver like 17 or something on the year like if you could move yeah he actually hasn't been as disappointing as it seems it's just cooper cup is so good he's yeah cooper's just so good if you really think about it i know he's been performing better lately that manager who's in win now mode might move, might take Robert Woods and you know a second or something for Calvin Ridley, and that that's a fine deal if you're a team who's out on this year, uh, you're still trying to get out yeah. on that. Uh, maybe yeah, moving. I'm looking at a couple wide receivers who are like performing really well right now that we might have faith in long term. Maybe like Mike Williams or Marquise Brown. Yeah, I can I, see if somebody will make that move even close to straight up. Sure, like. Those guys at a second mm-hmm. for Ridley, I, I wouldn't hesitate. Uh, you know, Keenan, yeah. Keenan, if people want to take like Keenan Allen, if you're going to move Keenan mm-hmm. Allen for him straight up, abs- I mean, I, I would take that as a retooling team. I would certainly consider Amari Cooper. It's it's, it's similar. I don't know if that one is yeah. sitting straight up. I might still have Cooper a little higher because they're like the same age. But um, yeah, I guess that's where we sit if you are going to make a deal. And if you are the owner and like somebody's like, you were ho- you were hot on him for dear life and like you were like i'm not even gonna move him for two first plus and like now people are seeing this as the opportunity to maybe push the needle like i guess if you're in that situation i would st- if somebody's gonna offer you two firsts and 
you know, plus for this guy, sure, take it. Like, you know, if you can get a, a, a good young player, if you can get T. Higgins in a first for Calvin Ridley, sure, I'm going to take it. We're not saying not to take yeah. what's a smart deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not actively going and shopping in. I'm certainly not selling him under what I assume he will be coming back to in terms of value if he were to start with the team yeah. next season. Yeah, I mean, things can change very quickly for him when he's ready. You know, we've seen the production from him. It's all it's going to take is one game back, and he has 100 yards and a touchdown. And he's going to be right back in the conversation he was in before. Yeah, look at a guy like AJ Brown, huh? Back to back big weeks. And now people are like, wait, maybe he is still the wide receiver one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like, for, forgot about him. I, I hate the wide receiver market. It's the most volatile position, and people, people change who their top guy is like seems like every two weeks like it's crazy if, yeah. you, if you need any more indication like ridley if like again another example of a guy where this offseason when who's gonna be like ridley's the man if you were selling him for wider you know the wide receiver one value or darn near close like it should take it i mean anytime a player enters that realm where you're getting like almost three firsts worth of value just just take it and move on like figure it out after take <laughs> take the capital and figure out how you're going to replace him later like i don't care if you're the most win now team you know I, I this is where i sit with cooper cup right now too like the only one i pump the brakes on is maybe jamar chase but like i was i was going to say would that hold true for you for jamar chase <laughs> it, it, it might i mean we're talking three firsts right like I said in the offseason, I said... we're also talking Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah, but remember in the offseason when we were talking Justin Jefferson, I said, hey, yeah. this reminds me of Chris Godwin. Like, if you could have yeah. moved th- Chris Godwin for three firsts uh, two years ago, and then you could have bought him back this offseason for, you know, right. half that. I, it, it, it moves. Yeah. It moves. I'm not going to hate on anyone to just, like, sell Jamar Chase for the farm right now because you never know. In two years, you might buy him back for half price. Like the wide receivers yeah. are so volatile. The market moves so much for these guys. Where I'm, that yeah, I guess I would say like if you get a disgusting offer for Chase, I mean it's yeah. hard to pass that. It's a wide receiver at the end of the day. All all it would take would be you know a four week stretch or so of him having not quite their production and those other guys in the range having great production. And then all of a sudden Jamar chases back to like wide receiver five and some people's rankings and, or or an injury to him or to burrow, or maybe he steps away from football for a little bit. Like these things happen, you know, it just takes a little bit. And then suddenly he's not the number one or a new guy comes in. You have next year's DK Metcalf comes in and starts dunking on dudes. And you're like, this is the new wide receiver winner. CD lamb, or it just, there's a new yeah. guy at the, the early every single season, so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that does it for this one. Make sure everybody goes visit jwbfantasyfootball.com. Look all all of our rankings, articles, uh, like, subscribe, follow everywhere. Follow us. You can find me on Twitter at yp underscore ff. You can find Skylar on Twitter at the ff buffalo. Until next time, we'll see ya.